Welcome to the Innovation Meets Leadership Podcast. Real inspiration for real innovators. If you're looking for innovation and leadership transformation, your journey starts now. Welcome to the Innovation Meets Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bourne. Hey, before we get started today, I would love if you would spread the word about the podcast by following us at Innovation Meets Leadership on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and give us a shout out so we know that you are listening to the podcast. Guys, I'm thrilled about this leader we are speaking to today. Herman Stewart is recognized as the UK's leading expert in youth mentoring with over 20 years of mentoring experience. Herman is an author, a TEDx speaker, and the founder and CEO of Every Child Needs a Mentor. Welcome to the podcast, Herman. Hey, Natalie, really glad to be joining you today and just really looking forward to the podcast. Oh, so am I. And in addition to the award-winning work that you've done in mentoring, you have also been a musician, a football player, which by the way, if you're listening from the United States, that's soccer, soccer for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a fun background you have. And so in addition to you know your background, you're also a podcaster. And in 2020, I had the privilege of being on your podcast platform. Can you talk a little bit about that for a moment? Yeah, yeah, sure. And I, I really enjoyed you coming onto the podcast. I think it was one of the most insightful and and in a sense very intriguing because we were you know we was talking cross cultures in it in a sense of UK US looking at the different thoughts different you know behaviors the way different people think or the, the cultural norms and the similarities so the podcast is um, called Finding Your Path and it's all about speaking to leaders achievers and celebrities about how they found their paths in life and success and just really giving people a real insight into what it takes to become a leader what it takes to become successful to become prevalent in, in an industry and the reality of it so if we look at if you look at people and look at their backstory you know success is not linear a lot of times we develop our opportunities we become successful in a certain way we we sometimes we never aimed to get there we never aimed to go in that direction but we end up where we are and I, I feel as a big part of really providing insight and, and encouragement for people is speak to a lot of leaders that have been generous yourself included to share their story and their journey because I think the destination of someone getting to where they're aiming for is great but I feel it's much more interesting and much more insightful and encouraging to learn about how they actually got there and the journey that they had to go through in the process. So yeah, that's what the podcast is about. We're going to actually link to the podcast that you and I had together in our show notes so that everyone can listen to Finding Your Path. And I just want to say for those who are listening, so many moments where uh, you helped me connect the dots in my own personal journey. And so that's one of the coolest podcasts I've ever been on because as we were talking, you were have, helping me actually have these moments where I was like, oh, I didn't realize that's why I did that. And so um, we will link to that so people can listen in. Well, today we're going to actually talk about mentorship as a strategy. And 
Herman, even as we were preparing for this podcast, my mindset about mentorship was totally like, you know, it's a nonprofit thing. It's something that you kind of do on the side, but you really shifted, you know, my mindset on mentorship. And so I'm really excited for our listeners to hear you talk about this today, but you picked up this mantle in the UK to really focus on mentorship. And I would love to understand what caused you to do that? What caused you to lean into it? Well, that's a really good question. And um, I'll definitely surmise it because I'm sure it, it was around 20 years <laughs> that I got to the point <laughs> of really pushing into it. But I mean, it's just like when you shared about my background, um, first and foremost, I was a footballer. So from when I was seven years old, I was just really loved football, just had a passion for it. And when I was 15, I was very fortunate to be able to play for my country, you know, as a footballer, which was just, you know, massive goal, big success. I thought that that's what I wanted to do professionally, but I believe that there's a really big difference between being a professional um, and being very talented, you know. So for me, I, I really could have done with some mentorship at that time or that stage of my life because, you know, just like a, a young boy, like many young boys and many young girls at that crossroads or that juncture, for me, you know, was, I was, you know, interested with, you know, clubbing or social life or friends or the kind of stuff that a lot of times people get distracted with as a, as a child. And for me, I never went all the way. Plus I'll add injury as well. So I never, you know, fulfilled my professional aspirations of becoming a footballer. But then I was a recording artist. Like, so it almost overlapped because I was rapping and I was writing raps before that point in my, in my football journey. So it's like, it's almost like it overlapped and, and I formed a rap group um, and we was doing rap. I mean, I've been a fan of hip hop for years, a real fan of US hip hop. But then I had my daughter, which really was a game changer. You know, I so had my first daughter. It made me realize that I had never arrived to where I believed I would have by the time of, of having my first child. You know what I mean? And I just felt like I, I weren't at a place to fulfill the promise to myself as a man to be the father that I had in my heart to be. So I had to really relook at my life. And then from that moment, I had to really do some soul searching. And then I discovered counseling that I wanted to study counseling. So I studied counseling. And then from studying counseling, I went on a journey and someone said, you'd be good at mentoring one of my um, classmates. And I said, okay. So then I went to study mentoring. And as I say, the rest is history. So yeah, that's, that's, that's what happened. Well, it's so powerful just thinking about that classmate too and how, how much influence other people can have over our lives and, and what we decide to do and what path we take. You know, one of the things that I think is innovative about the model when I kind of look through, you know, your channel on YouTube and things like that is you take this approach that's a little bit different. So instead of focusing on a deficiency-based model, you focus on an asset-based model. And could you talk about what that even means? I believe that within all of us, there's greatness. You know, there is in, inherent, innate greatness. Now, it's like we all got our superpowers, you get what I'm saying? And for me, I realize that it's all about how can we really engage the superpower innate and the innate greatness in people to help them to become who they were born to be. I've got a saying that goes like within every caterpillar, there's a butterfly. So there's a greater version 
of ourselves within ourselves and mentoring is a powerful methodology and mechanism to help us to engage with that and and the the, the reason i came in contact with this to understand this is and and in the uk mentoring when i started my journey was was predominantly for young people that are disadvantaged and i know that that's the same narrative in america so young people that are disadvantaged or they're struggling or they're underachieving or they're at risk you know they would be um, identified as being the ones that should have access to mentoring i'd done that to start with and mentored some young people to help them to you know, get a level playing field. But then what would happen is there would be young people that would approach me. And this was when I was working in the school at that time before I I, I started my businesses. I would get people that would say, can you be my mentor? But what I found out is that there was not naughty enough. There was mm-hmm. not loud enough. There wasn't failing enough, you wow. know. And, and, and it was a lot of these children that are in the middle, you know, and... It, it kind of broke my heart because it's like when I had to say no, it's because they never fit the criteria, you know, they never fit the funding criteria, you know, that they just never seem to be in need of mentoring, but which is a lie because when I was mentoring people, I was starting to see that the issues I was talking to young people about or the subjects were transferable across ethnicity, across social status, across um, cultural background, genders. It, it was, you know, life, you know, some of it is around, you know, bereavement, some of it is around helping them to be motivated, helping them to find their aspirations, helping them to be engaged. Some of them was gang affiliated, some of them was looked after children that were working through the upheaval of you know um not being taken care of by their their parents and 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 just creating that space to talk to them without them having to feel that they needed a counselor because a lot of them they never needed a counselor at that stage they just needed someone that was not necessarily a teacher and someone that was not necessarily in their family to have that kind of talk with them so from identifying that i really challenged leadership at that point and said that this isn't fair this it's not equal opportunities and then you know i had a really forward-thinking leader that said you know do what you see fit and that was like the start of my mentoring consultancy and I then, you know, changed the referral process, which then enabled more children to have access to mentoring, you know, change the different reasons why young people could be mentored, change the policy and change the culture of mentoring. So then it, it wouldn't, you wouldn't be stigmatized to be mentored, you know, and a lot of times when you've got these kind of deficit model programs, if you think about it, sometimes I think people are not cognizant of what children will feel like if they're reading the website or they're reading why they're being mentored you know so if you look at a website and says ah oh, we support disadvantaged children that's not going to be good for their self-esteem that's not going to be good for who they're supposed to be and and i feel that mentoring is cpd for children so why not give children the best type of mentoring and it, and that it's not something that's just for free it's not something that it's, it's just based on goodwill. It's something that's professional, something that's structured, something that's strategic, and something that um, we're accountable for the results that we achieve when we're mentoring these young people. Wow. When you said, <laughs> what will they think if they read the website? Like, I don't know why, but that really hit me. And gosh, we might be putting a program out there for them, but knowing how it's structured, that may actually be causing more harm than good. And so, um, what, everything you just said was so powerful. Um, so let's let's flip the script. 
All right. So now you're a leader of an organization. How would you use mentoring as a strategy? Like how could you strategically improve your business, you know, the contributions to society, your profits, um, taking this asset-based approach, how would that improve your organization? I mean, there's so many ways and it may help for me to give you a parallel of the school system and into the business world. All right. So with the school system, when you're mentoring children, it's you're mentoring them to improve an, an, a number of KPIs, so to speak. So you, you mentioned to improve their, you know, their attendance, their punctuality, their grades, their demeanor, their confidence, their relationships with staff, staff members. You know, um, there's a number of different things that you're looking to improve. And that's predominantly child focused, you know, and you want to improve their attention or their focus or their engagement in their studies. So that's one aspect. Now, that's predominantly for the stakeholder of the child. Yes. But when you think about a school as an organization, over here, the school regulator, so the quality assurance um, organization, they're called Ofsted. They have much more things that they're looking at. So when you're speaking to a school leader, a school leader wants to improve their staff. They want to improve their parental um, engagement, their relationships with, the, with parents. They want to improve um, their grades as a school. They want to improve their school league table um, position. They want to do all of these things. They want to improve um, the overall behavior. They want to improve data statistics and so forth. And I saw that there was more than one stakeholder to be considered in, in a school. So then what I done with my program is I looked at all these different areas that are connected to school improvement. And, and and always having the child in the center. So it's not negligent of the child. The child is the center, but at the same time as impacting the child positively, it's impacting the organization or impacting the institution's reputation, impacting their kudos, impacting what parents think of it. So it's impacting their image as well. So if we if we then translate and go over to business, so when we think about business, the business is all about the one to be the leaders in their field or the one to have the kind of gravitas and, you know, the kudos to attract the best people. They want to um, be able to improve their profit. They want to improve their place in society that they're making more social impact. I've developed a methodology that you can impact all of those areas with one mentoring program. Wow. So that's how I see that it's different. And it's about improving your people. If you improve your people, you know, so if you get trained, so we, we train people to become mentors, you know, and then they mentor people, you know, they, they're mentoring not only in the community, they're able to use that skill set in the office so they, they will be more effective when they're managing their team, they would have greater empathy, they would have greater emotional intelligence, they would be greater at just getting the best out of people because they're operating through a mentoring paradigm. So it's more around how you utilize mentoring as an accelerator and a strategic methodology to improve your people, improve your business, and help you to improve the communities that you serve. That's so powerful. So what are some of the most tangible value that you've seen someone maybe repeat back to you with an organization that mentoring has brought into their organization? Okay. So this 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 twofold. I I'll give you I can give you two different types of organizations. So one of the big four, 
that that you're aware of in the states as well. Um, not going to give them no free promotion, but um, <laughs> <laughs> one of the big four and one of the top two, um, so to speak. <laughs> well, I don't. It just changes around a lot anyway. But I, I trained um, a number of their people to become mentors, and they took it very seriously. And I trained their national lead of CSR to become a mentor in in, in high school. So you'll be high school over here. Um, and I trained them to be effective youth mentors. So it's not it's different than just being a pro bono mentor where you come in and you just talk about your story and you share you know what you think would be helpful from your perspective. Um, a lot of times that that's very you know that comes from the the philanthropy um, kind of context but for me I feel that that's good but I feel what's better is when you learn the context of the children you're serving and you understand in a very pertinent way where they are in their career in their educational career and how you can support them and how you can set goals with them and how you can help them so in a sense I believe that it more serves the young people so that's how I train professionals and I train people from this big firm and um, they were very nervous to mentor young people, you know, which was really eye-opening for me because I mean it's something that um, it's like my 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 meat my meat my meat and veg that, that I have all the time. <laughs> but for them it's not their expertise. And 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 that really taught me that you need to really recognize that you need to give people this skill set that enables them to mentor young people. And the powerful thing about it is if you mentor young people and you're very effective, you'll be very effective at mentoring adults. It's that kind of powerful positioning because the young people, a lot of time, they don't have the incentive. You know, um, the young people, they're not politically correct. They're very honest. If they don't like you, if they don't feel you, they're not going right. to engage with you. You know, so if you can win young people, you know, they, it just helps you to, to, to win adults. Um, so I trained them um, to be mentors. And when they started to mentor, um, we had them coming in like once a month, but said that like that's the minimum. But then some people will come in like fortnightly because they like love doing it. And it, and what they said to me is like they enjoyed their work more because wow. something in them was being fulfilled that work could not fulfill. You know, so there was an expert um, mm-hmm. in 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 tax and 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 so forth, but you know one of the one of the managers in this big company told me that when they were doing their degree you know there was at university they worked for like childline so i don't know what the equivalent would be in states but childline is like a, a, a organization that it's you know counselors on the phone that children could call to share what's going on in their lives and okay and and you know it's volunteers that would be on the on the phone and this person done that so there was a there was something inside of them that had something for children but when they left university and went into the corporate world they no longer had connection to that so something was missing so when they was able to still do their professional work and they were still able to do some mentoring it was like both both parts of them was being fulfilled so that's one example the next one which is is a, a more recent one which was really powerful so we're working with this organization and their their co-founders their co-founders really um was so passionate about about mentoring 
what they wanted to do is to ensure that their people can become more well-rounded and that their people can grow inside of their organization as well. So what we done with them and how we engage with them is that we would train their leaders and emerging leaders um, on a leadership development program. So they took our mentoring as a leadership development tool. So even though it will satisfy the CSR and satisfy all of these different aspects in their organization, it, it was predominantly around leadership development, why they wanted to utilize the methodology. And what happened, I was speaking to their chief of staff recently. And when I spoke to their chief of staff, what they were saying to me is that in their recruitment process, the fact that they're working with our organization, it started to show up. Because people that are applying for roles in their in their organization are mentioning to them in the interviews that they have found out that they're working with every Chinese mentor and that they're really glad that they're that type of organization. So when you start looking at just the attraction power of us being able to say we're working together, that they can lean into our brand equity because, you know, a lot of people are probably not really that interested in data. I mean, a lot of people are for certain reasons, but a lot of people are not interested in data, but a lot more people are interested in young people. So when people see organizations being aligned with us, it speaks a lot about their organization, around their ethos, around that they care about society, that they want to give back, they want a future proof, the, the future workforce, the what whatever it is, it just gives them a it's it's much more powerful social impact marketing than them just being in a magazine or them being on an advert. So those are a few examples of how it's it's had an impact on organizations. Wow, that's so powerful. And Obviously, I could talk to you all day about this, <laughs> but as we kind of come to a, a close, what would you say are some resources if someone wants to dig a little deeper in this? What what should they read? What should they look at? What would you suggest? I mean, it's very broad in that sense. I, I would say, um, I mean, they can connect with me on LinkedIn. Okay. And because I do a lot of thought leadership pieces on it, you know, I do a lot of posts on it. I've got, you know, a lot of blogs, you know, over 100 blog pieces on mentoring wow. and how it can be used strategically, how you can use mentoring um, to improve young people, how you, how you can, you know, gain a mentor as well as and things like that. That's one place. The book, Every Child Needs a Mentor, if people are interested in finding out more about how I've discovered this, this path and how it impacts young people. And and some of, of how it can be utilized in different ways is so important. They can get that on good bookstores or online or so forth. But yeah, I would say just keep an eye open for, for a lot of things. I mean, mentoring is becoming more and more um, prevalent, especially in this climate, because with mental health of staff, with well-being of staff, with staff being isolated, not being in the community of the organization like before. It's about how can we use innovative methodologies to inspire people and to connect them in causes and purpose beyond what they're doing that they can thrive. So I would say, you know, look at, you know, Harvard, Harvard Review as well. They talk about mentoring a lot and lots of different people talk about it. That's so powerful. Well, I know we have to go, but I would love for people to check out your podcast, check out your LinkedIn so that they can get more information on 
this amazing topic. So don't forget to head over to Finding Your Path podcast and check out Herman as well. Herman, thank you for your time today. Natalie, thank you so much. And just thank you for your your authenticity, you know, and just how you've approached the interview because I feel a big part of leadership, I believe, is humility. And I feel when we're learning new things or we're having a shift in our paradigm, it takes real humble leaders to acknowledge that there's there's a lot that has shifted in their thinking, you know, and I feel that that's the, the leaders of the future will lead from the heart. Thank you, Herman. And to our listeners, thank you for joining the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. Remember, don't just get out of the box, break the box and set it on fire. Let's go transform something. Thank you for joining us for the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Innovation Meets Leadership. And visit our site at innovationmeetsleadership.com for more innovation resources. Today's sponsorship is brought to you by Territory Global. We work at the intersection of experience and imagination. We help you pinpoint problems and turn them into opportunities. We make imagine happen. Some of the best organizations in the world choose us as their partner to help solve their strategy, innovation, transformation, story, and ways of working problems. Learn more at Territory.co.